Hey, it's Carmen. Welcome to my sixth episode of All Fair with Carmen. This week's episode is a little bit different. For starters, it's about something very near to my heart, team freedom and our fight against human trafficking. You're going to hear how it all came about in just a few minutes. But this weekend, thousands of runners will lace up to run the Gasparilla Distance Classic along the shoreline of Tampa Bay. A few hundred of those runners will be wearing a Team Freedom jersey and running for those not free to run yet. In this special episode, I am once again joined by my brother Bill, as well as Jacqueline Pastica and David Lord. Jacqueline has been with Team Freedom since day one. She's an OG member, and man, does she keep us organized. Team Freedom would not happen without Jacqueline. And David manages the U.S. Office of Hope for Justice, the organization that we partner with in this fight. Y'all, human trafficking is just a tough subject. You will hear some hard stuff in this episode. But William Wilberforce's words always echo in my head. He said, Having heard all of this, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never again say you did not know. Here's my conversation with Bill, Jacqueline, and David. All right, this is this is fun. This is a special edition, a Team Freedom special edition podcast of Off Air with Carmen, and I've got some of my favorite people around the table who all fill different roles uh, with Team Freedom. I have my morning show partner, Bill. Say hi, Bill. This is the second time I've been on one of your podcasts. I know, back-to-back weeks. I love it. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my goodness. And then we have Jacqueline, who we've worked together. Uh, Jacqueline works in our donor relations department, but Team Freedom is so near and dear to her heart that I get to steal her from donor relations to work on Team Freedom stuff for part of the year. So, Jacqueline, you're here this morning. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jacqueline. And then David. David, Hello. this is fantastic. David Lord is the manager for Hope for Justice, the office that's in Nashville. Yep. So you're our stateside. Good old Nash Vegas. Yes, our stateside manager. And we've had Ben Cooley on. We've yeah. had Tim on. We've had Natalie on. And yeah. so it was time for One us. big to, family. Yeah, it's time for us to get you on. Thank you. Love it. So Excited. guys. Thanks for being here. I do want to just do a quick setup on how Team Freedom came to be. For those who may be listening, some of you have heard the story of Team Freedom. There will be some who haven't. But this all started, I don't even remember the year, but for my 40th, well, I guess I could do the math, but we won't do the math. I'm about to be 49. So Yeah, last year. Last year for my 40th birthday. Um, I'm about to be 49. So this would have been literally probably 10, 10 years ago. I ran the Disney Princess for my 40th birthday. It was just one of those things. I wanted to do something, um, a half marathon. Next year, I'm sitting at my table. It's hotter than Pudunkus outside. And I'm sitting at my table probably in July. And I thought, you know what? I need to go sign up for that Princess race again just to get my fanny out running. You can say fanny. Bill doesn't let me say it on the morning show. I can say it on my podcast. It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I re- this was back when we were doing Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter anymore. But I tweeted, you know, just signed up for the Disney Princess Half Marathon. Natalie Grant tweeted me back and said, love the princess part, not too fond of the running part. That right there, as much as we say, you know, how social media can be bad, that right there birthed something that has just yeah. grown into what is now Team Freedom. So back in, you know, we moved and Natalie and I knew each other, but not as well as we do now. But that moved our Twitter conversation to 
emailing and then texting, calling, meeting with one another. And it birthed Team Freedom that it became a a thing where we run for those not free to run yet. Y'all, I still have the email where we wrote that tagline (laughs) back and forth to each other. Team Freedom, running for those not free to run yet. And here we are all these years later. I just wanted to have this Team Freedom edition of the podcast just to kind of bring folks in a little bit behind the scenes. We don't go as deep as, as we are today as we do on the show. Actually, David, I'll start with you. Tell us from Hope for Justice's perspective just what Team Freedom has meant to y'all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for us, it's definitely one of our biggest catalysts for growth. Mm -hmm. You know, I think back to that first year, basically at that time, uh, we were at two offices. Mm. Now, as of today, we're at 32 locations around the world. Uh, We're moving into Australia this year. We'll be moving into South America coming up. 32 locations. You know, we had one lighthouse then. Now we have 11. That's crazy. You know, and that's in under 10 years. So Mm -hmm. I think when you've got people of God doing the work of God, Mm -hmm. truly being his hands and feet, you really see that growth. You really see that influence. We we can have done that. You know, Mm -hmm. we meet with presidents and prime ministers because people are willing to run. You know, we don't sell an amazing product. We're not coming out with the latest gadget. It's because people say, I'll sacrifice my time. I'll sacrifice my finances because... There are people who can't do what I can do all over the world and and here in America. And even, you know, that first year of Team Freedom, Mm -hmm. we didn't have American operations at that time. Mm -hmm. We weren't running investigations coast to coast like we are now. You know, we're rescuing people every Mm -hmm. month here in America, which I think is amazing. Our team's got over 30 cases right now. So I love that Team Freedom helps us be an organization that can can support people all over the world, but also Mm generally up the street. So, yeah. you know, we love Team Freedom. It's, it's, our, it's our best buddy. <laughs> we love you guys. We, um, we are heard in three states and, of course, online. We, we cover Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. And I can remember Natalie saying when she first started talking about Team Freedom, not Team Freedom, when she started, first started talking about human trafficking, she would go into churches and the churches would look at her and say, oh, let's not talk just, about human yeah. trafficking. That's just a little too dark. That's a little yeah. too heavy. And the fact that it's so out in the open now and people are hitting this head on is just, I just got chills when mm-hmm. I said that. It's just God has ripped ripped the the shades off of this, this topic. Yeah. And then when I see in the headlines that Florida, I mean, Florida is up there in what, yeah. top five? It's number three okay. in the U.S. state. And Georgia, where's Georgia? Ooh, up there. Up there. Because of Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. I mean, out of the top cities for trafficking. Mm-hmm. Four of the top seven are Florida and Georgia. The, that's just crazy. So if you want to talk about where is human trafficking in America, it's right here. It's yeah. where the listeners are. And there's a lot of factors that play into that. But I mean, we're going into the darkness. Team Freedom's running in the darkness. Yeah. You know, just a few weeks ago in Tampa, where we'll be running, there was an operation that took down over 100 people mm-hmm. involved in trafficking. So, mm-hmm. you know, here we are. We're, we're not afraid of it. We're not ashamed of it. And yeah. You know, because of Team Freedom, people that would have never had this discussion mm-hmm. now know. They're having it. That, yeah. That it's around us and in, in here. I think the William Wilberforce quote that stuck with me, and I heard I heard it because yeah. of our Team Freedom and Human Trafficking is, and I won't get the quote right, but this is the gist of it. Oh, I Jacqueline, have it. I okay, have it. you I get it. it. Yes. He wrote. Okay, yes, it I is, love it, Jacqueline. Of you course, may Jacqueline choose. would have it. <laughs> 
tell us. Of course, yes, yes I came prepared. You may choose to look the other way, but you can never again say that you did not know. Oh, Jacqueline, I love you. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. That is. All right, Jacqueline, I'll, I'll transition to you for a couple of minutes. You've been doing this for a long time. And I said this on the air a couple of weeks ago. Jacqueline, she is the logistics queen behind Team Freedom. She has saved my biscuits more times than I can count. I know that Natalie and I talk and Bill, you're very vocal about Team Freedom. Like we were the voice of Team Freedom. Mm -hmm. But as far as actually managing Team Freedom and putting it all together, it would not happen without Jacqueline. So we Jacqueline, have lots of biscuits to say. Yes, Jacqueline. we do. So we really we appreciate do. you. We do. So as much <sighs> as you bring that gift to what we do, I know you have such a heart for this, Jacqueline, and I just want you to tell, I know that there's several stories that have meant a lot to you over mm -hmm. the years, but share one that just hit hit you in particular. Can I share why I run? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because when you talk about how Team Freedom was birthed, yeah. um, God had placed it on my heart mm -hmm. before we ever talked about it on air and before the idea of Team Freedom was ever birthed. Um, I remember my sister calling me, gosh, it had to have been 11 years ago and just being horrified by something they talked about at church. Mm. Her church was one of the ones that was willing to talk about it. And she said, she called me up and she said, have you heard about human trafficking? Did you know that this is a thing? And um, she started sending me um, newspaper articles and newspaper articles that showed that it wasn't just overseas, that it was right here. It was right in my backyard. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed. I felt such a burden for it, but um, I was just so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I'm just one person. How can I make any difference? How can I make a dent in this. So I did what every mature Christian does. Mm -hmm. And I turned and I ran the other way. Like I want, <laughs> I can't think about yeah. this. I, yeah. I literally, yeah. I was too hard. Yeah. I, I had, I literally told my sister, you have to stop. You mm. have to stop sending me these articles. You have to stop talking to me about it or I'm never going to leave my house. I mean, I yeah. have small children mm -hmm. and I'm not supposed to live in fear. Right. And so I just kind of stuck my head in the sand and it would come up and I would see another headline and I'm like, nope. And I'd close the laptop, I'd walk away, I'd turn the channel, whatever I had to do, because mm -hmm. I just couldn't process it. Mm -hmm. And then when I remember you coming to me, I don't remember if it was email or in person, but I remember you saying, I'm doing this with Natalie to benefit human trafficking. Can you do this with me? And it was an immediate yes. And yep. it was an answer to prayer because I finally had something tangible mm. that I could do about something that had burdened my heart so yeah. much and that I had been running from. It was my way to say yes. It was mm. my way to, because you can't know mm -hmm. that it happens mm -hmm. and that it's a problem. And for me, I couldn't know and be so burdened and not do anything about it. And I hadn't been seeking out ways to do something about it because I'd been so overwhelmed by yeah. the darkness and the enormity of the problem. Mm -hmm. It's paralyzing. And I love that the Choi FM, it makes it easy to get involved and to make such a tangible difference by partnering with Hope for Justice the way that we do. Mm, I love it. And Jacqueline, I just have to say, she is an OG member. You have been there. <laughs> Since day one. Since day one. Since day one. Can I say that I am not a runner? Yes, say <laughs> okay. it. Yeah. I am not a runner. Yeah. When you when you started this and I felt like it was an immediate yes. Mm -hmm. It was like, this is, I am supposed to do this. Yeah. Without a doubt, I am supposed to do this. And I remember telling my husband, I'm going to sign up 
for this half marathon to benefit human trafficking. And he looked at me and he said, do you know that a half marathon is (laughs) 13.1 miles? I mean, at this point, we've been married 10 years. And he's like, I've never seen you Mm. run (laughs) like ever. Yeah. And uh, I remember going for my first run. Oh, my gosh, Carmen. Yeah. I said, nope, I'm going to do it. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so I found some sneakers and I put on shorts and a T-shirt. And I said, all right, bye, honey. I'm going to go for a run. And uh, I, I came home and he's like, what happened? I thought you were going for a run. I went around the block. I'm, like, what are you? I'm dying. What do you want? That's that's where I started. Yeah. I started from there. Yeah. And a few short months later, You're I ran ready. every single step of that 13.1 miles and because I was free mm. to run mm. and I was running with purpose. And I love that we, can I just say how much mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. it's not just a half marathon anymore? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. The on-ramp is yes. so much easier yeah. because you can walk a 5K, you can walk yeah. 3.1 miles and make every bit as much of a difference. That's right. That's good. Yeah. I think, I think Jacqueline's story is spot on mm-hmm. with so many Christians and, and non-Christians who, mm-hmm. you know, you, you feel passionate about something and you're looking for that entry point of, I'd like to do something. It's clearly I'm moved by it, but I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I love that Team Freedom gives people to say the opportunity to say, I can go walk two miles right. and use my voice mm-hmm. and use my platform and reach out to other people to help spread awareness about, yeah, I'm doing a run, but I'm doing it for something else. Yeah. You know, I'm doing it for someone I'll never meet, mm-hmm. somebody I'll never talk to, but I'm going to go lace it up one Saturday and, and do it. It's a great entry point. Because once someone says, I'm going to walk, that means I can walk into a home and walk a little girl out. That's right. Or walk a boy out or give medical care to somebody that needs it simply because you enjoyed a beautiful Saturday mm-hmm. walking or running. Beautiful is. Mm, yeah, well, last year wasn't Last so year was not beautiful. <laughs> it was we're, we're <laughs> it depends on humidity yeah. levels. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, there's a number. No, but you're right. You're right. It's a beautiful event. It's on yeah. Bayshore. And Jacqueline, I will say this. I did not know until a couple of weeks ago. And I think it was Haley that told me, she goes, did you know that Jacqueline wasn't a runner? I'm like, Jacqueline is totally a runner. I had no idea, Jacqueline. We've been doing this for how many years? I had no idea that you weren't originally. No, I still don't enjoy it. I, I don't either. I don't either. So <laughs> but which, I do it. Yeah. So this transitions to Bill. So I don't think there are any of us that are runners sitting around this table. I feel so shallow in this conversation. <laughs> I really do. I'm just a, so, I'm so amazed yeah. by David, by what you shared. You just like flew over these statistics that hope for justice. Mm. And the way that it's grown and it's grown here in the United yeah. States and the yeah. impact that it's making and the way that it's changed the way that law enforcement is going yep. after this issue. He made a passing reference to a hundred people went down right. in yep. Tampa, taken down who were perpetrating this crime of enslaving human beings in our day and, and age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope for justice with the support of a lot of folks like us, but with Team Freedom and, and and a lot of folks who support you guys took the took this down. And people are walking free because of this. And then Jacqueline, you know, we've seen Jacqueline crunch the numbers yes. and order the t-shirts and stand mm-hmm. in a room and fold hundreds mm-hmm. of t-shirts. Mm-hmm. But Jacqueline, I don't think I've heard a story quite like I don't think I've heard your heart for this. Mm. The thing that inspires me, I mean, I got roped into this because Carmen, I work with her. (laughs) So I got roped into running and much like you, Jacqueline, Mm -hmm. I put on these old, I don't know, they were some of my kids hand me down baseball tennis shoes so that I could start Mm -hmm. running. I didn't know how to gingerly tell him in the studio that day that those were not 
running they shoes. They weren't running shoes. I didn't know. He, but quick, he quickly figured Chuck it out. Tailors. Yeah. yeah, they were. Uh, were terrible. <laughs> They're Hitch, heavier than that. <laughs> Hitch fixed me up with some Asics. Yeah, I started running and I got into it. I got the bug mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I what I like, I love the depth of your heart connecting to this issue. Um, I sit in a little different seat. Yeah, tell us. So I, I'm looking at what I'm seeing that I love about this. Mm-hmm is I'm seeing a bunch of moms. I'm seeing a bunch of, well, not as many, mm-hmm. but but dads, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. singles, people that are young, people that are old, yeah. um, people of different ethnicities, people who probably vote differently when they go into the voting booth. Mm-hmm. They're coming together and they're doing something that, if I can geek out for one second on this, that is is part of the cause of God that he calls us to you know, he calls us to pursue righteousness. That there are two Hebrew words for righteousness, and you put these this idea together, and especially you see this in the book of Proverbs. But the idea of righteousness in Proverbs is inconveniencing yourself for the sake of the other, mm. and that's what's happening with this. Make no mistake, God's kingdom is advancing through the work that Hope for Justice does. So justice and righteousness are definitely connected biblically, but this idea of disadvantaging yourself for the sake of the advantage of someone else, that's a a core concept biblically of what justice and righteousness really are. So when we talk about hope for justice, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. This is happening. Mm. And I think about, you know, if I, if I can pull back the curtain just a little bit, our numbers have been a little bit down this year. You know, we had a goal of X amount of numbers that we wanted. I think it was 500. We've not hit that goal. You know, and we've kind of talked off air. What We're talking off air now. Um, why that is. And I'm glad that you said that, Bill, because sometimes when you do something repeatedly, it just, it loses its, mm. You know, mm-hmm. it loses it. It becomes white noise. And it's you just hit the nail on the head. We've got to inconvenience ourselves. Yeah. And we've got, we can't grow weary in doing good. Yeah. Like we have to continue this fight. And so it just is kind of representative of even running itself when you don't feel like, you know, getting out and doing it. You still have to do it. We still have to come together and do this. And I think a lot of times, David, what motivates people is when they hear the stories. Is there some stories that you can yeah, you can share with absolutely. us? Because we cannot, this has got to stay on the forefront. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, you say it often, every face has a name and every name has a story. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're, we're honored that we get a look after over 70,000 children last year. You mm-hmm. know, that's amazing. But for us, it is always about the one. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, you know, I got to witness a girl reunite with her dad just a few weeks ago and, you know, to see the tears streaming down her face as she sprints across the yard, it's just unbelievable. But, you know, we, we do operate all over the world and just here in America, you know, we've, we've had cases against organized crime. Mm-hmm. We've had cases where, you know, teenage girl falls in love online mm. and next thing you know, she's gone and mom can't find her. Local police can't find her. She's missing for weeks. Um, uh, Thankfully, someone like a Team Freedom member mm-hmm. uh, had posted on social media about the work of Hope for Justice. And so through that mom, they reached out to us and said, you know, we think our daughter's been trafficked. Can you help us? And within just a few days, we found her daughter. She had already been trafficked halfway across mm-hmm. the country twice uh, over a matter of weeks. But, you know, we've got a team of investigators who are from the top of law enforcement 
who are fully accredited to go out and, and rescue people. And, you know, we recently, just a few weeks ago, had a case where a young girl was on the bus home and uh, someone approached her, and this is going to sound crazy, but with cookies. And they used cookies to manipulate this girl to take her to say, you know, hey, I've got more. And, you know, I, I just think about those parents in that moment. And here you thought your daughter was safe and great. And then the next thing you know, your world's upside down. Uh, and, and that happens each and every day in America. You know, the hotline that tracks human trafficking cases in America, they tell us last year there were about 11,000 cases. So if you break that down, that's mm-hmm. more than one every hour of the day in America. You know, we're not talking a third world country. We're talking our own backyard. And the average age of someone getting introduced to trafficking is between 12 and 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kids. That That's the helpless. And we've got to lend a voice to them to say, you know, enough's enough. Human trafficking is now the fastest growing crime in the world because, like Jacqueline said, it's hard to talk about, mm-hmm. but we've got to talk about it more mm-hmm. so that it no longer is. Uh, I I can't help but think about when I first came on the team at Hope for Justice, you know, often we we think of trafficking, we think sex, but it's also labor yeah, too. Sure. Labor trafficking is a huge part of it. And, you know, we've got cases in America where dads are exploited. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they fall in hard times and you get a job offer that, you know, maybe you wouldn't turn to otherwise. And, you know, we've had men in America with their fingers chopped off Ugh. because they disobeyed their trafficker. Mm. So it's a very real and relevant situation. I mean, you can go online, you can pull up the heat map wherever you are. And I would dare to say you'll find a case within a short drive of your house, especially Mm -hmm. in Florida, especially in Georgia, but all over the U.S. were affected by it. Um, and, And it's something that it's hard to swallow because as Christians, you know, we, we taught to love our neighbor. Mm -hmm. How can you imagine your neighbor trafficking a little girl? Right. You know, we've got, we've got cases that are just infants mm-hmm. being exploited. Mm. We all have our reasons why we run and there's always stories that stay emblazoned in our brains. And Jacqueline, I think you'll remember this one because Natalie told it, I think that at the very first pasta party, but Natalie went over to India and that's when it just, that's when it was when she saw it in full, full color there. But, and this is pretty raw. I don't know that we would tell. Um, well, actually, I think we did share this with Natalie um, when she was talking before the Senate, but she talked about going into a brothel. And the only reason that they were allowed into the brothel is that they thought Bernie was yeah. a customer. Yeah. And so she's walking through this brothel and there's all these beds. And of course, human trafficking looks different everywhere. This happened to be in India, but there's been stories of this yeah, kind of thing right over. here yep. in the United States. But she noticed at the end of the bed that there were like these ropes, ropes and handcuffs and and those kinds of things. And she asked the person that was showing them, she goes, what's that for? And the person was basically saying, and again, you don't even want to utter the words because it's just, it's nauseating. And they said that when the, that a lot of the women who are working, you know, that are being trafficked, they have small children Mm -hmm. and there's no daycare available. And so that's where they have to put their children. And I can remember Jacqueline, you and I were near, I think we were standing near each other when Natalie shared that story at the first Mm -hmm. pasta party. And then she talked about how um, just to try to get, you know, dresses to the little girls that they didn't even Mm -hmm. have dresses Mm -hmm. and just trying to do something for the kids of the moms. And 
she said that are know, literally being tied, tied by rope to, to the end of the, the bed when the this bed, is happening. Tied to the bed. Um, so there's just been so many stories. And of course, Natalie talked about walking in the red light district and looking up and seeing the little girl with the big brown eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can sit here and tell story after story, and I don't want to... Um, well, we're not trying. First of all, none of this is sensationalized. Yeah. These are real, yeah. actual stories. stories. Secondly, I, I know your your heart. Yeah. We don't. We're not trying to strike fear, right. in people or no. paint a picture of hopelessness. And what struck me listening to this, yeah. is that the one of the the slogans that Hope for Justice uses is th- that the purpose of the organization is to end slavery. Yeah. yeah. And nothing less than that will suffice, right. but that seems like such an overwhelmingly large yes. battle. And and this discussion can become scary and can mm-hmm. become overwhelming. And just heavy and dark. Sure. And, and I think it all goes back to what we said with the whole William Wilberforce. Once you know, you can't, you can't not know. And I think the other thing is um, going after the one. We really yeah. do. Because yeah. you look at the problem globally from a 30,000 foot view and you think there is no way that we can make a difference. But we could, we just start one at a time, Mm -hmm. one at a time. Yeah, I mean, you think if you're that one, how thankful you are that, yes, that somebody came for me or that family, Yeah, you know, and and the spread of, you know, that means a community, Yeah, you know, uh, we, we've got a case Carmen here, just if I could in the U S where, you know, I truly believe in the value of every person. Like everyone has a platform of some form, Mm -hmm. whether it's just, you know, your own family, if you hate social media, great, whatever it is, you've got some platform. And we had trained a nurse on how to spot the signs. We do training tens of thousands of people all over the world every mm-hmm. year. And she had a patient come in that she thought was being trafficked here in the U S we deployed our team. They began their investigation. We can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to work credit to do that. And, you know, we did determine she would, this woman was being trafficked. For me, the kicker was when I found out she was in her mid seventies. And that she had been trafficked over 35 years. Because to me, that's my grandma. Right. That's, I'm not 35 yet. So that's every single memory, every Mm -hmm. single time I had grandma's fudge, Mm -hmm. every moment gone. And, you know, she was exploited by a man in a home, used her as a a mage, cooked, cleaned, did the chores and forced her to sleep on the floor, barely fed her. But it's like, that's the reality. That's truly in our neighborhoods. And for me, it's those moments of, Yes, I, I'm here for everybody, but man, I love that we go kicking a door mm-hmm. and we use those, you know, mm-hmm. running shoes of Team Freedom to do that, to say, here we are, we're knocking, um, you know, justice has come. So, yeah. Well, one more, a couple more things that I want you to share is number one, talk about the red locks because they, yeah. they've become so significant. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have a saying, we celebrate what we want to replicate. Mm-hmm. So again, it goes back to the one, we don't just take one rescue for granted. And mm-hmm. so whenever we have a rescue, we take a moment to celebrate that uh, as a staff. And a few years ago, we were kicking around the idea, how do we do this better globally? Because we had gotten mm-hmm. larger and, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is to mm-hmm. celebrate appropriately. And we went into a home where a young girl uh, was being sold by day for labor. Mm-hmm. And then at night was sexually exploited and she was truly chained up. Uh, in stocks in in this home and her trafficker was actually her mother Mm. you know we we see this all the time I think people are like how could you traffic your own child but really it's 
happening all over the world. And it's even biblical if we think back to the story of Joseph Mm -hmm. and Joseph's trafficked Mm -hmm. by his family. Mm. You know, we kind of glaze over that, but that's what that situation was. He was sold for a profit to go work somewhere else. And so our team went in, uh, this young girl, and we genuinely unlocked her padlock. Mm. She was chained up. And, you know, we just decided that's how we're going to celebrate. We, we're in the business of unlocking locks. So now at all of our offices around the world, we have what we call the Freedom Wall, where every time we, we rescue someone, we write their name on an unlocked padlock mm. and we stick it up on the wall. And what's really cool is that, you know, we love that, but also businesses and corporations that you know, partner with us and said, we want a freedom wall because they're in the fight too. It's not, we're not just hope for justice over here. We're, we're a movement of people. And Mm -hmm. so we've got companies all the world saying, let's put up a freedom wall in our office so that our staff, the people that visit us can hear more about, about what's going on. So we love the freedom wall and Mm -hmm. getting to unlock more locks. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a mental image for sure. Well, it can get heavy quick. We've, we've talked about the hard, but let's turn a corner. And uh, Jacqueline, I know that you wanted to start, you wanted to talk about some of the restoration piece. Was yes. there something you wanted to share? Oh, I love that Hope for Justice um, is, is so focused on awareness mm-hmm. and they're focused on the rescue, pe- bringing people out of it. Mm-hmm. But what happens next? And all of these dark stories, there is lasting repercussions of what these victims have been through. And one of the things I love about being a part of Team Freedom and getting all of the updates um, is they share a lot of the stories of restoration and they are fuel um, to keep me going. And the one that is so burned in my mind yeah. is Siri's story. Mm-hmm. I, you might remember it from the 2016 pasta party. It was the video that they showed. And the video itself um, seemed so dark because that's the reality is it's really dark. She went on to share about um, her story of being trafficked, which she described as losing herself in hidden rooms, no longer a name, simply an exchange, a hopelessly soiled cloth, flesh for sale. Um, And she says, but then the rescuers came. They found me and brought me out. And I have been given much more than just freedom. I was given time and space to come alive again, nurtured by love, encouraged to dream. And then um, the video itself gets lighter and you see her um, joining friends uh, to share the meal that she's created. And she says, um, I was offered tools to create. I learned to make beautiful things. Now I make beautiful meals and beautiful moments, new memories that echo with laughter and resound with hope. And it ends by her saying, being renewed is a glorious thing. I am made whole again, a new creation. I am so much more than cloth. I am a jewel now free to shine. And I love that uh, restoration component. Mm-hmm. That yeah. um, that's just it. It just stays with me. That yeah. when I'm running, I'm chanting, "Lord," and I'm praying, "Lord, send them hope, mm-hmm. send them help, and mm-hmm. send them healing." Mm-hmm. And I love that Hope for Justice has such a big emphasis yeah, on that. Absolutely. Um, you know, we we want to be a one stop shop. So many of these people that we get to rescue have been bounced around in some way or another exploited. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when we bring them in our care, we, we offer full medical care. You know, we've got therapists on staff. We we're there every step of the way. We want them to be whole the day they do leave our doors. And sometimes that's quick and sometimes that's years. 
but we're going to be there for them through that journey. You know, we do vocational training, thousands of hours every year of vocational training to make sure that um, our our precious lives, when they walk out, have skill sets where they don't need to go back to the world they came from to make money because that's what they've been groomed to do for so long. And, you know, some of my favorite moments are when we get the updates of girls or boys who we've, you know, had in our programs who are in college mm. or getting married. Like that's crazy. Think about that yeah. for, for a, a young teenager. Yeah. You know, I imagine if you're 15 year old and you're being sexually exploited over and over again, mm-hmm. you lose that dream of, there's a man out there who's going to love me. Right. And to see a girl not only leave that darkness, but to enter that place of light of finding a man who's going to treat her the way God intended mm-hmm. men to treat women mm-hmm. and to start a family. It's like, how is that not the ultimate? Um, or or many of our um, you know young, young men and women going on to college, like that's something we aspire to in America to, to go to university and, here they are getting that opportunity because they're afforded, you know, high school equivalency in our program. They can take that next step. So um, I'm, I'm with you, Jacqueline. You know, we're Hope for Justice. And we, a lot of people ask me, how do you do it? Like, because mm-hmm. every day we're seeing some of the darkest places you can imagine. And the truth is we focus on the light. Mm-hmm. You focus mm-hmm. on Yeah, they came from that. But look where they are now. Mm-hmm. Look where we're taking them to. Look at that moment. The mom who thought her daughter was dead for five years finds out she's alive and she's wow. coming home. Mm-hmm. You guys, this is this is the gospel embodied. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new, new creation. creation. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. And this is this is it. This is you're mm-hmm. seeing the gospel lived out and embodied. And I. I think this issue is a lot more complex than most people know. Yeah. I remember Carmen, yeah. when we were learning mm-hmm. about it and you were leading the way w- working mm-hmm. with Natalie, mm-hmm. you learned so much about this restoration process and what it's like once a rescue happens, how long it takes. And But this is the fruit of it. This is yeah, where absolutely. it can go. Yeah. So, so exciting to see that happening. So many stories. One of, one of my favorite yeah. programs we run, we call it the Bridge Program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can imagine what a family and a community feels like when someone's been taken and um, exploited. And we actually send out counselors into communities to evaluate, but also to counsel families because, you know, the trauma just doesn't end with the victim. The Mm -hmm. whole family in a way is a victim. And so I I love that we're thinking, Hey, let's help restoration for everybody involved, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, the direct rescue, but you know, it's, it's, the ripples of a trafficking situation are so mm-hmm. big that we can't limit ourselves to just six months recovery or just, you know, one type. So, you know, we've got dozens and dozens of different programs to help in that restoration effort. And I think what we've said here too, is the way we do keep going is that you have to focus on the light. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Focus on the light and focus on the one and yeah. just take one step at a time. Literally, that's what we're doing with team freedom. And then also just with the the work of hope for justice, and we cannot grow weary in doing this, yeah. and it's got to stay at the forefront. So keep, keep knocking down doors, David. Yeah, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep running and and raising money. And if there's anyone, registrations closed for Team Freedom, but if you'd like to donate, that helps so 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 much. We know that some people can run. We know that not everyone can run, but everyone can give something. 
and the Morning Cruise has a classy page. If you go to themorningcruise.com and click on Team Freedom, you can donate to our page. And we have a goal of how much we want to raise. And and what did you say in the beginning? We went from having one office, Hope yeah. for Justice, to now- 32. 32. I was about to say 11. <laughs> we have 11 lighthouses. 11 yeah. lighthouses yeah. and 32 offices. That's just incredible. So thank you guys all for being here. I feel like I need to say goodbye to you guys and I need to go home. <laughs> and lace up, lace up and, and, yes, and actually go out for a training run. And I do have a vision, y'all. I have a vision. One day, I want Bayshore to have more Team Freedom jerseys mm. than, I mean, can y'all imagine a sea yeah. of Team Freedom jerseys? At Gasparilla. At, at Gasparilla. run in Tampa and, that happens once a year. And people do ask. I mean, Jacqueline will tell oh, yeah. you this too. People oh, ask yeah. all the time, Team Freedom, Team Freedom. And that's showing up 300 strong. I mean, what if we showed up a thousand strong? Come on. Like that, we could totally do that. And that's what I love about the shirt itself and why we want to be such a force at an existing run, not our own yeah. run, but a run yeah. that's out there intermixed with the public and, and such a big presence in the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay area. I can't tell you how many times somebody has said, okay, what is up with your shirt? I've seen yeah, so many everywhere. of those today. What team is this? Why are mm-hmm. you out here? And I have the opportunity to tell a perfect stranger mm-hmm. about human trafficking. Yeah. And most of them have no clue uh, what it is or that it's still a problem. And I get to leave them with that nugget and not just, oh, here's this darkness you should be aware of. Yeah. But also, here's how you can get involved. Join us next year. You're already out here doing it. Yeah. I love I it. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that lifts it. that issue from the darkness yep. and the shadows into the light into where the it light. can be exposed and dealt with. We will put links in the show notes, links to Hope for Justice, links for themorningcruise.com, all of that stuff. So, yay. Here's to Team Freedom 2020, y'all. Before we wrap this episode, I want you to hear the beautiful job our sister Natalie did when she testified on Capitol Hill about our work in this fight. And I never thought that I would say that television changed my life, but it truly was an episode of Law and Order. And as I was sitting there in my family room watching this television show, I thought, what headline is this ripped from? This was from 2004. I had never heard the term human trafficking before. And so as I was watching it, I thought, well, this is ridiculous. Why are they trying to convince us that there's people holding people in their basements in the middle of New York City? So I literally Googled, what is human trafficking? And that is the first time that I realized that slavery still exists in this country. I actually came across something called the Trafficking in Persons Report. I literally then punched in faith-based organizations that fight human trafficking. Because as a member of a faith-based music community, I was deeply troubled that I had never heard of this issue before. I was deeply troubled that people in the church were not talking about the least of these, which they talk about so often, but that were being ravaged in this way. That's when I found an organization, and to make a long story short, um, a couple of months later, my husband and I flew to India. We landed in Cam- um, we la- landed, and they took us straight into the red light district. Um, sorry, I know this is probably not the appropriate place to cry, but I've never, ever been able to speak about this issue in 14 years without weeping because I saw children for sale on the street. I met twin five-year-old girls who had to have reconstructive surgery to their tiny little bodies 
I saw a six-year-old girl in a cage looking at me through the bars of cage. She wasn't screaming. She wasn't asking for anyone to bring her her freedom. It was almost as if she was resigned to the fact that this was her reality. They allowed us to tour a brothel because they thought that my husband was a potential customer. And as we walked through these tiny little cubicles, some with mattresses on the floor, some with beds, I will never forget walking past one that had a rope tied to the end of a bedpost. And I made the mistake of asking why the rope was there. And the gentleman we were with said, that's because the girl in this room is 15 years old. She has an 18-month-old child. There's no child care, so they tether their children to the end of the bed while they're forced to perform their sexual acts. All I can tell you is that I was wrecked that day for life. I knew that in that moment, this issue demanded my attention and my commitment. I didn't know what I was doing when I left there. I flew back to America and thought, well, what, now what do I do? I sing in front of thousands of people every weekend, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up on that stage and I'm going to tell everybody I know that this is a reality, that this is happening, because if I didn't know about it, chances are most other people didn't know about it either. At that time, I founded an organization called Abolition International, and to be honest with you, my first goal was just to raise enough money to build an aftercare facility for women with children in India, and that's exactly what we did. But what happened in the coming years after that was that I learned about the issue in a deeper way. Um, I met an organization in England and we merged together and we are now known as Hope for Justice International. And while it says co-founder uh, underneath my name right there, I fear that makes me sound far more important than I am. Um, the organization now is across four continents in eight countries with 22 offices. Last year, we rescued 37,000 children. It's amazing to me the work that the organization is doing. But all I am is a girl who saw children for sale on the street. And in 2004, I was not a mother yet. But now I'm a mother to three daughters. And now this issue is more important to me than ever before. Now I see that though maybe I don't have the power that you have, I have the power of a voice. And if I can tell thousands of other people, listen, it's not up to us to do everything. It's just up to us to do something. Every single one of us can do something. Every single one of us, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what your circle of influence, whether you have a platform or whether you are just serving your family, every single one of us can do something to make a difference. And though I am grateful to get to do it on a large scale, I feel like the greatest difference I'm making is when my twin daughter's sixth grade teacher came to me and said, I was talking about the abolishment of slavery in the classroom today. And one of your twin daughters raised her hand and said, that's not true. Slavery actually still exists in the world today. And I realized that I must be doing something right. <laughs> Because though my heart swelled with pride in that moment, it also broke at the same time that my daughters are living in a world where slavery still exists, where someone's daughters, someone's sisters, someone's niece, someone's granddaughter is being ravaged day in and day out. I just say to you that though this issue demands my attention and commitment, I believe that the same must be said of you, that it demands your attention and commitment. I commit my life to Proverbs 31.8, which says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. I have seen those who are crushed 
And I say that together we must do whatever it takes to give them justice. Y'all, as you can see, Team Freedom is my heart. I want to personally thank every single person who has ever laced up and run with us or donated to Team Freedom. You have made a difference. To learn more about the work for Hope for Justice, you can visit hopeforjustice.org. And to donate to Team Freedom, visit themorningcruise.com. I'll see you next week for another episode of Off Air with Carmen. And I'll give you a hint. It's going to be my mom. So make sure you tune back next week and we'll see you then.